You're listening to. Welcome to Asians in Baseball with your hosts, Kim Cooper, Naomi Ko, and Scott Okamoto. This podcast celebrates Asian and Asian Native Hawaiian Pacific Islander American baseball players in the MLB. Hello and welcome back to Asians in Baseball. Did you miss us? Do you remember us at all? Did you just happen to stumble upon this because you somehow have your podcast episodes on shuffle and this was a surprise for you? Regardless, welcome back to Asians in Baseball. Surprise! We've been on a bit of a break, an all-star break, uh, if you if you will. But we are back, and obviously there's, oh my gosh, so much to talk about. I even forgot to introduce us. I'm Kim. Naomi, Scott, or introduce yourself. Hello. It's good to be back. Uh, we may have been on a break, but I don't think any of us are well-rested. Uh, we were I on am. a break from the podcast. We were not on a break from our lives. So strap in because we're going to bring the chaos to this episode. Scott said he's well rested. I'm, so. I'm well rested, but chaos is cool. Yeah, let's do okay, it. Okay, yeah. You suck, Scott. Anyway, let's first Ka- talk about all the, random, the, all the random Don't stuff that the is sleepers. going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Montgomery Biscuits. Tampa Bay's double A team momentarily became the Montgomery Kimchi on uh, July 16th for Korean Heritage Night. Uh, Very interesting. Also, no Korean players on the team. So is this a residual mark of Chejimon and being a part of the Rays franchise for so long? Who knows? Uh, This is Montgomery, Alabama, by the way, which I'm sure there are are Korean people in Montgomery, Alabama. There's obviously a reason they're doing this heritage night, but um, uh, yeah, very, let's hear from the Koreans from Montgomery, Alabama. Would love to hear from the Koreans from Montgomery, Alabama. If you're listening, um uh, yeah okay cool um really hope there are maybe Koreans what? in montgomery Alabama. well the so the the website yeah, says that they they did pair up with a local korean american organization um in regards to doing the heritage night but i'm so curious like how they came up with like what what motivated that like is the population so big it really might be you know we're surprised all the time i'm from yeah. iowa naomi's from minnesota right like koreans were everywhere um, but I'm, I'm, there's no Korean players that we could tell on the team. So it's very interesting why they, why they selected a Korean yeah. heritage night. Um, would love for anybody from the Montgomery biscuits organization to, to chime in. We have questions. Yeah. So that's, I don't know, maybe white people down in the South are really getting into Korean food, uh, or BTS or something i don't know all right well you know America's i'd be curious to know if way. I, i'd be curious to know if any of the uh percentage of the money that they're getting from the merchandise they're selling that has uh has their, their little kimchi uh uh picture on it and ha- is like written in hangul like I, i'm curious is is any of that money going back into the korean american community in the area or is yeah. this just like a, a kind All of a three people money grab very very interested uh to know yeah well we already What's... got derailed by montgomery 
at the beginning of this this show. So it gets better. It's going to get better. Well, we'll find out. All right, let's move on. Montgomery Biscuits, call into the show if you can. Um, uh, if you have not seen Barbie yet, uh, this is not really a spoiler, but if you don't want to hear anything about Barbie at all, maybe skip ahead a little bit. Um, uh, but uh, in in Barbie, there's a very, very brief appearance of, uh, of an Asian in a baseball uniform. So Asians in baseball, we're everywhere, we're everywhere now. Um, Simu Liu's Ken briefly appears in a in a baseball uniform. So Asians in baseball, that that's that counts. All right, now if you if you didn't want to hear anything about Barbie, now you can you can listen yeah, again. I already skipped ahead, so yeah. Yeah, Scott was not listening. He was he had his fingers in his ears and he was muted, but he was I could tell he was going la 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 la. <laughs> All right, this is something that everybody wants to talk about, I am sure. We all really wanted to talk about it. Uh, Major League Baseball announced that the Dodgers and Padres will play, will open the season for 2024 in Seoul, uh, playing the Seoul Series. First time playing in Seoul. They were supposed to play there last year, and it didn't work out. But Kim Ha Song is going to be fucking holding it down for the whole It's going to be a Padres home game, right? It is because they're playing at his former KBO team stadium. Oh shit! The yeah, Nexon Hero. So it is. It is going to be Kim Ha Sung's homecoming. Uh, you know, I think you know for people who don't remember, MLB All Stars were supposed to come to Korea in November 2022. They scrapped it because South Korea and MLB got into a big fight about like promotions. And then South Korea was like, where are your stars? Stephen Kwan can't be the only star. And, and a bunch of other players that we frankly didn't really care about. But all is well because it's going to be a very star-studded event with, you know, Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, Manny Machado, Tatis Jr. We already saw what the Padres were like in Mexico. They were partying super hard, also and- having major digestive issues. As well. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but maybe maybe all the kimchi will help, like you know, yeah. settle their stomachs, get yeah, them regular, the get them right. Yeah. Probiotics. Um, I have a question. Why do the Padres? No offense to the Padres, super fun organization. We love the Padres. Why are why do they always get to play overseas? This is this is their like second. No, this is yeah. This is their yeah. second series overseas. Huh. You know, I I wonder if it's. I was thinking about this about the Mexico City game because while there's really not any, to my knowledge, Mexican players on the Padres there's just they're so well dominated by Spanish speaking players and by Latino players so it probably you know they they can Manny Machado Tatis these are huge names not only in the United States but also in Latin America so they're probably like hell yeah let's you know they're stars they're gonna bring them out but I also so maybe it has something to do with that and then the Padres also have Kimasang, but they also have you Darvish and that's going to attract huge you know those two names are huge in East Asia so maybe it's because the Padres has have a very international team if you look at it compared to let's say sure. the Twins who, who's you know have a few players from Latin America and then Max Kepler who's German so um yeah, that's the diversity there. Berlin, yeah. 2025. <laughs> and I'm sure they'll get there. I'm sure they'll get there. 
I just found that very interesting because, like, yeah, there's there's uh, it's it's interesting for one team to go twice, and I can definitely see that logic. But uh, and, and also, and also like, they're flashy. They're like a fun, flashy team. You know, like it's they're not the way that they were playing in Mexico City was was great because they they were playing with a lot of style, a lot of flair. Sure. Um, a lack of hubris, but maybe that's what. <laughs> but they maybe, were indulging in the local, in the in the in the culture. Well, I don't. I think the lack of hubris was just like them thinking, like, "Oh yeah, we're we're doing so great," and then like coming back to the United States and being like, "Oh, we're not as good as we thought yeah. we Actually, are." Actually, they had a lot yeah. of hubris. I think you mean lack of humility. <laughs> oh uh, yes, yeah. lack of humility. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. Plenty of hubris. They they would have drove that ship right into the sun. Um, but uh, yeah, and I don't think a lot of teams want to go overseas cause, especially, because especially yeah, especially because they open the season there, uh, and that's yeah. that's rough. Those games count, and you know you got to travel to another part of the world in a different time zone, and um, yeah, like there was an interview of a bunch of players, and they asked you know what they thought about the traveling, and it was kind of meh. It was kind of like. Yeah, it's cool to go to these places. Not great to have to play a game that counts in those conditions. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe the Padres are just like, yeah, we'll go. Nobody pays attention to us because we are in the shadows of the Dodgers all the time. So, um, yeah. yeah, and I mean, when it was announced that the Dodgers and the Padres were going to South Korea, um, they were interviewing Mookie Betts. I think it was uh, the Dodgers were playing on Sunday Night Baseball, and the ESPN guys were at, and and Mookie Betts. He was just like, "Oh man, I don't want to go to yeah. Korea." That's he. He was saying because of the flight, and I was like, "Yeah." yeah. And I mean, granted, they're going to be flying in style. And very comfortably compared to the rest of us peasants. They're not flying fly, spirit. Yeah, <laughs> flying coach cramped. Um, sure, but, but still, like these guys are on, are, are are highly regimented. Yeah, uh, Mookie Betts travels with his own uh, hot plate so that he cooks his own food. Like you know, these guys are on a schedule, uh, and like that's true. And to accommodate that, the game will begin. Like technically, still during spring training for uh, yeah. for everybody else yeah. to try to accommodate the time schedule, and yeah, I will have definitely. to say, um, it is it is a little bit different compared to you know the Cubs and the Cardinals who played in London uh, a few like a month ago, and the Giants and the Padres who were playing in Mexico City. Who you know they were playing these games already in the middle or during the season, and the Korea game will be before so it will maybe throw up throw off everybody in the beginning but at least it won't like throw them off as much as i would say the cardinals and the cubs who had to play this london game if you blow the first two games of the season it's like uh, you there's plenty of of runway to recover from that but we'll just have to find out i mean what's going to happen it's going to be interesting naomi mentioned um that the the stadium is significantly smaller uh than than the stadiums here so uh, it will be it will be super fun to watch. Very interesting. We'll all be watching in the middle of the night, I'm sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll keep you posted on on all of that. Uh, but we got to keep it pushing. Uh, we got to keep it pushing. Um, the the women's World Cup is going on right now, and our yeah. World Cup correspondent Naomi Ko is here to to briefly touch on that. 
Yes, I am wearing my Team Korea jersey because it's the only time I get to wear this. Um, there's a lot of Asian representation playing in the Women's World Cup right now. Uh, first, we're going to start off with Team USA, Alyssa Thompson. She's a four. She's a Filipina of um, from L.A. She made her debut against the United States trumping uh, Vietnam. The Philippines have a team. Vietnam has a team. Japan, China, and Korea. And Casey Fair... I don't know if I'm pronouncing your last name right, P-H-A-I-R, um, is the first multiracial uh, soccer player who is going to be playing for the South Korean national team. She is of Korean uh, descent as well, and she's 16, year, 16 years old as well, so making her one of the youngest players um, in the World Cup. So wow. if, you're, if you want to see some, you know, Asian women kick ass playing soccer or i'm sorry football uh it is going on right now south korea will be making its debut against columbia tonight uh so go korea uh please do better than the men's <laughs> all right well you heard it here first and speaking of young phenoms uh how you like that transition nice. uh naomi or scott would you like to talk about uh the the newest uh draft pick yeah so the blue so during the All-Star break is also the MLB draft, and the Blue Jays drafted Arjun Namala, who is a 17-year-old from Florida, for, and he currently plays shortstop. And uh, I believe he might be the – if he you know pl- debuts in the MLB five years from now, he will be the first Indian American to be playing professional baseball. And there's this really great article that we'll link uh, in – on our stories on Instagram about how he traded cricket for baseball. So it's like that movie with John Hamm, but real life and better. <laughs> well, the movie with John Hamm was, was based on a true story that, you know, they, they watched some cricket games and thought, well, there's some skills that they might be able to translate to baseball. Cause those cricket players are considered like elite athletes, you know, in the, mm-hmm. in the world. Um, but yeah, I, this kid um, being, uh, Indian American, right? Um, although yes. he was he was born there. No, I think he, he just no, went... I think he was born here. Okay, but uh, he he has lived in India anyway. Um, I think he'll be the first South Asian to if like like you said if he makes the majors um, would be the first, and he's definitely the first um, South Asian to be drafted, I believe. That could be wrong. No, no, no. Uh, no um, um, remember, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Kumar Rocker. Kumar Rocker Kumar was drafted Rocker, last right. year. That's right. Uh, I was, Kumar I think Rocker. I was, yeah, I was thinking of him too. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's great to see. You know, we're we're seeing Asian Americans now um, playing at a younger level and in, in, in competitive leagues, college, and now uh, in professional. So it's it's definitely progress. Yeah, very exciting. I'm trying to look up right now if there's other um, South Asians or Indian Americans that or, or South Asian Americans who have been in uh, Major League Baseball. Um, but if you happen to know the answer to that, uh, let us know. We'd love to. We'd love to to shout shout them out and to keep 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 tabs on everybody. Um, but yeah, very exciting. And I was reading something unrelated um, to Arjun's um, um, drafting that that was about. Uh, how I guess in cricket it is uh, standard for the pitchers to hit 
Um, yeah. So I thought that was that was very interesting and cool. I don't know anything about cricket, but it sounds like a cool sport. But very excited for Arjun and uh, his his drafting. So we'll see you in a few years. I hope. Um, but let's let's get into let's get into the meat of of what we came here to discuss. There has been so much going on uh, since the All-Star break, since we went on our little break, um, since Scott's gotten 15 hours of sleep every single night and me and Naomi have gotten 15 hours between the two of us since July 1st. Uh, but let, let's get into it. Two of our favorite guys have returned from the IL. Uh, Yu Chang and Chejiman both came back on July 7th um, from their injuries um and G-Man uh, Choi t- came back too, just letting you know. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay, so Yu Chang, Chejiman, and G Man Choi. Three guys, same day. It's so nuts. Yeah. Um the Taipei Times reported that on seven nineteen, um, Yu Chang played uh and he played uh his two hundred twenty first career game, and that was the most in major league baseball history by a player born in Taiwan. So that's pretty cool. That is cool. Yu Chang. Breaking breaking records and and hopefully not breaking his his whatever the bone is that Scott knows what it's called. Oh my God, he almost did yesterday. Um, he's now playing shortstop. Uh, he was playing shortstop yesterday uh, against the Mets, and like he like almost tripped or like he hit himself with the bat. And I was watching, and I was like, no, be careful. They simply but he can't. seemed. He he seemed fine. I also think he actually he also got hit by a pitch last night too. Oh my god! And I was like, I was like, no! I was so mad at the Mets pitch because I was just like, this man just got back. What are you guys doing? But I do have to say, much better at shortstop compared to Kike Hernandez. But you know that's not Kike's fault either. It's just Yu Chang might be a little bit more suited for the infield. But but he he did make a sick uh, defensive play. Last night, but it's not hard because the Mets suck. But yeah, oh, he's back, baby. Doesn't <laughs> matter. Back. Doesn't matter. He's back, baby. We're so happy for you. You welcome back, Tejiman. Also back, and this man, y'all, he's on fire. He returned July seventh. Last seven games, he's hitting three sixteen. He already has three home runs in that time, and one of the home runs, unfortunately, is off of Shohei Otani. Well, yeah, you know, sometimes cool, it just happens. It just happens. Who it was? Uh, who was better? Chejimon. Chejimon, Chejimon was better. And in in Otani's defense, Chejimon also dunks on Garrett Cole all the time, and Garrett Cole is a very well respected pitcher. So it's not like this man is like he knows how to he knows how to hit a baseball. Yeah, yeah, so, he is a power hitter. Very exciting stuff. Exciting for us because now now we have even more guys to talk about every week. Um, and we can't let a week go by without talking about Macho Man, of course, because he. So speaking of Asians who rake, Macho Man, he's out here. He's in his last 15 games hitting 381. And as of Sunday night, uh, Sunday the 23rd, he was leading the American League in batting. The entire American League. Yeah, he is. I mean that's a hot that's a hot bat, baby. He was interviewed before the game. Um, I guess it was the ESPN game, and um, so uh, I forget. Oh, this former player was interviewing him. I asked him, gave him a nice softball question. You know, what, how's the food in Boston? And he's like, Yeah, it's great. 
And then he's like, well, what's your favorite fruit? And he's, and I was like, he better say chowder. And he said, yeah, clam, clam chowder. Not very convincingly, but it's just like, <laughs> that's, that's the right answer. <laughs> I found oh, that so man. odd when I was at Fenway and it, like, it was like kind of a dreary day, but I found that so fascinating that they like, you know how we at, at Dodger Stadium, we have like the Dodger dog people, you know, bringing around the Dodger dogs and they have a clam chowder person bringing around little cups of clam chowder. Wow. At the game. That's just that just seems right. Get your chowder right. chowder. Eating a cup of lukewarm clam chowder in a 150 year old <laughs> seat that your butt is falling asleep in. <laughs> that's, that's the American dream right there. It's Boston. That's Boston for you. That's Boston. Um, he also, uh, Masataka Yoshida also broke some very interesting records. I'm going to just rattle these off very quickly for those of you who are interested in records. Um, these are from, uh, this is from ESPN Stats and Info. On July 9th, he became the first Red Sox rookie with seven consecutive multi-hit games since Johnny Pesky in 1942. Ooh. On July 14th, he brought that to eight consecutive multi-hit games, which that became the longest streak ever by a player born in Japan, Major League Baseball's longest streak of 2023, the 10th streak of eight or more games in Red Sox history, and the longest streak by a Red Sox left-hand hitter since Ted Williams in 1940. And that was from J.P. Long on Twitter. Damn. Wow. Those are all that Red Sox an, legends. Mm-hmm. Elite company. Mm-hmm. He also became the third Red Sox rookie with multiple six RBI games since the stat became official in 1920. So, Jeez. he's he's wasted no time. No, and he has really propelled himself to the front of the AL Rookie of the Year race. Yep. Yeah, right. sure. Josh Jung from the from the Rangers is doing well as you know, but. These are pretty impressive stats. He is really establishing himself. And to and to have a stat that compares you to the legend Ted Williams, Ted Williams. that that is impressive. I wonder if Boston likes him more now and could he still get the and could could whoever not could whoever I can't speak right now. <laughs> There's wow. too much pressure because of everything we have to get through. <laughs> I'm so tired. I did not sleep well, well last night. Um, do you guys remember how he didn't get his ball from his first hit in yeah. the MLB? Yeah. Well, can that person give him his ball back now? Because I'm no. I now think the ball's he, even more valuable. He's in. He's no. in in a league with Ted Williams now. Yeah, they're, they're watching true. the ball like the stock market right now. It's like, well, it's going up. Yeah. So. Hmm. Has there any been? Have we seen any articles talking about how small he is? He's listed at five eight one ninety two. Who's anyone's you know, pocket? You know, Matheson. Keegan Matheson doesn't report on the Red Sox. Okay. So I, I don't. I would. I would. If I was a beat writer writing for the Red Sox right now, and I talked about that, you know, I wouldn't want to necessarily anger. Red Sox Nation because they're like, why are you why are you dragging on our boy right now who is one of our hottest hitters? Yeah, and and you can't really dunk on somebody like you or you can't really um, comment on someone's size, which again we've established is like not relevant. Um, when when some of his major highlights of, of since the All Star break include on July sixteenth, 
He had a two-run triple against the Cubs and then later hit a grand slam. Uh, And on July 18th, he had a two-double night. Yes, it was against the A's. But as we've established, it counts. It counts. Um, So, you know, I think that uh, if anybody wants to to comment on his size, uh, there's not any time to because we're too busy talking about how accomplished he is. Or it's Boston and they just all assume he's a little Chinese guy. So it's... It's fine. It's uh, that could that also could there's be. a history um, with Boston. That's all. That also could. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, keep on going. Keep on yeah. chugging, keep Masa. Keep mashing. Keep doing. Keep doing the damn thing. Somebody else who's still doing the damn thing out here. Speaking of rookie of the year, uh, strong candidates for rookie of the year, Corbin Carroll. Uh, uh, is he's still out here? Obviously, he made his first All Star game roster in his rookie year, um, and he was mic'd up. But I didn't remember what. And the three of us talked about it, but I don't remember what they talked about. Yeah, so Corbin Carroll is from the Seattle area, and because he's a rookie and this was his first All Star game, much of the attention was actually about his homecoming to Seattle for the All Star game, and he was mic'd up. And I think Joe Davis was like talking to him, and Corbin Carroll was saying, "Oh my God, yeah, Ichiro is my favorite player. He stole my lock screen on my phone. Like he means everything uh, to me." Blah 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 blah, and then. Joe Davis was like, did you know that Ichiro's favorite player right now is Luis Arez? Oh, yeah. That was unnecessary. Come on, Which, you know, maybe that was his way of trying to employ a world-famous Kim transition to talk about how amazing Luis Arez is right now and that he is... You know, all-star game and that he is the close, speaking of also Ted Williams, the closest to hitting 400 um, since the last person who did that was Ted Williams. Uh, Unfortunately, he is not right now. I think he's batting like 378, just FYI for other baseball fans. Wow, so bad. 378. Oh, oh my God. So glad the twins got rid of him. Uh, But... uh, but yeah, that was that was really great for Corbin Carroll, and it was great to see him play in the game because he was injured prior. He he did have like a small injury prior to the All Star game, but he seems fine, right, Kim? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His batting. Yeah, I'm not a doctor. His bat. He's had a little. <laughs> bit of a, he's had a little slump uh, in the last month. You know, the numbers aren't quite the same, but he's still in in. Um, He's he's listed as one of the top ten, like not just rookie of the year, but even MVP. He has twenty nine stolen bases and twenty one home runs. If he could get forty forty in a rookie year, that that is huge. You know, not many players have gone forty home runs, forty stolen bases in a season. There's just a handful that have done it, and for him to even like, you know, being um, close or on a pace, it's pretty cool. And he is, you know, in in a bit of a a, a lull, I guess you might say. But he has hit three home runs in his last seven games. And he also accomplished something very fascinating um, on July 18th. Um, So in the first inning, he hit an RBI triple. Great. Fabulous. We love to see a triple. So fun. And then in the second inning, I don't know what you would call this. Um, um, He he struck out, and yet he made it to third base. Um, 
I don't know if y'all saw this video. I'm calling it a strikeout triple, but I don't know like how you could. Cla- I, I watched the video like six times. I was yeah. like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm watching. Strikeout with two base error or three base error. Right, because the ball got past the catcher, or the ca- like he struck out, but then the ball bounced off like the catcher's yeah. foot. So he runs the first, then they make an and then they overthrew throw. it. Yeah, and then he got two bases after the throw. So I think they threw it down the right field line. So yeah, uh, it doesn't count as a triple, but it counts as a strike. It'll still say a, a strikeout on his baseball card, <laughs> but um, I think that counts toward total bases. As a stat, I don't know. Someone's gonna have to. I mean, he did get the bases. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they count after a strikeout, but uh, it still a... heads up base running though. Yeah. They they like still count. Ca- they still counted the RBI, and they still counted him. Uh, uh, him like, you know, they weren't like, oh, you're you. You're oh, so not on third. he got an RBI. That's. I I don't know if he got an RBI. Sorry, I I should have rephrased that. They still counted the run, the run scored. that uh, the run that scored. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me. Yeah, but anyway, I'll that's try a, to look. That's our baseball rule. We should uh, we should have looked up. Um, Darren will probably text us um, this week. Right, that Darren. It's just yeah. very fascinating and hilarious. Inside baseball. No, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're gonna link that video because if you haven't seen it, you gotta watch it. It's it's banana. It's absolutely bananas. Um, it's it's bananas, and we got a lot of guys that are that are doing a lot on uh, out there on the field. We've got some we got some hot bats. We got some hot bats going. Um, Connor Wong is hitting three forty one in his last fifteen games, including two stolen bases. Stephen Kwan, Stephen Kwan, everybody in his last seven games is hitting four nineteen, four nineteen. He's hitting three eighty five since the All Star break. Um, on on July twenty second against Philadelphia, he went zero for four. Then the very next day against Philadelphia, he went four for five with a leadoff solo homer and then an RBI single in the tenth. And Cleveland still lost, but that's not Stephen's fault. Yeah, no, it it sounded like he he did his job right there. Stephen's doing his job and more. Yeah. Um, Seiya Suzuki also out here doing his job in his last seven games. He's hitting three fifty five in his last fifteen. He's hitting three eleven. He helped uh, spark a comeback win for the Cubs uh, on the 18th. Uh, and then uh, on the 22nd against the Cardinals, he went three for five with two RBI and a stolen base. That's his se- second stolen base in July for somebody who's not known for stealing bases. He's feeling frisky. Yeah. <laughs> He's feeling frisky. Our guy Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich is on the up and up, folks. In his last seven games, he's hitting 379. Last 15, hitting 317. Last 30 games, he's hitting 336. Excuse me. On July 20th, he hit a triple shy of the cycle. Um, he has three cycles in his career, and no one has ever hit for the cycle four times. So if he had hit for the cycle, he would have made history. But, you know, three cycles, still incredible. So close. I so believe close. in you. You can he did it, hit Christian. a three. He he still did hit a three run home run. So you know, mm. um, but yeah, that's that's kind of a fun thing to watch for. Maybe he'll he'll take a page out of the Otani baseball book and just start trying to hit for the cycle for a fun like side quest. Yeah, just the fact that he's kind of re- regaining his form is is encouraging because he's one of those mystery players that 
was on a trajectory, you know, almost a Hall of Fame trajectory f- for a few years, and then mm-hmm. really just dropped off. And no one really knows why, how. Um, he became like a below-average player for a couple of years, and then now he's kind of clawing his way back into uh, what he used to be. So we're rooting for him. Yeah, it's good because at the beginning of the season, he started off really hot. And then, you know, he kind of went through a little bit of a slump in June, May, like parts end of May and most of June. So to see him come back in July, it's really great because at least now he has just proven to himself that it wasn't just, you know, luck that he started off the season hot. He He's totally. able to sustain a lot of the improvements that he made in the off season. So, you know, continue to do well, Christian Yelich. Not that hard. Obviously simple advice. (laughs) Somebody who doesn't do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Go do the thing. Uh, Obviously because me telling you this, Yeah, keep hitting over 300, you know, no big deal. What? Like it's hard. Says me who's zero for 8,000. Just kidding. I've never tried to hit a freaking baseball. I'm not insane. I don't need an injury. Um, Lars Newpar is also, he's also hot um, right now. On the 22nd, he went through for four with a leadoff solo homer, a double, and three runs scored in one game. Um, and not to get ahead of myself, but uh, uh, in terms of like trade rumors, it's seeming likely that that Lars Newbar, uh, that the Cardinals are like, we're going to hold on to Lars and we're going to rebuild kind of around him and a few other guys. Yeah. So. Um, which is very exciting because he's a fabulous player and he, you know, I, I always want to see, well, not always, but it's nice to see guys that get to stay with, with the same ball club. But anyway, getting ahead of myself. Uh, and lastly, in this hot bats category, we've of course got Kim Asung, uh, last seven games hitting 333, last 15 games, 305, last 30 games, 318. Boy, and oh hitting boy. in the leadoff spot now, too, yeah. with these new improvements. Um, ever since, you know, he got that he got that triple out. Um, Tommy Fan it was actually the one who got him out when he tried to make that triple, um, which led to a lot of Padres fans uh, yelling at Kim being like, how could you do this? But then it was very interesting in the comment sections to see another group of Padres fans being like, defending Kim Ah-sung saying he has been the most consistent player for the Padres this year. Shut up. The man made a mistake once. We can't hold this to him. Yeah. We need to support Kim. We need to make sure he stays in San Diego, which is really, really great to hear. But um, it was funny that he did injure his toe. Oh. After oh my God. kicking and he's the, not, and luckily, the water cooler. Well, the other guy, I can't remember what this other guy's name is, but there's another guy who's like out for a while because he broke his toe. Not an Asian guy, but broke his toe, like also kicking judge? the cooler oh. because he got. No, Judge got, got, got hurt uh, having a run in with the Dodgers outfield wall. Um, but also, like, uh, like I get it. You're frustrated that Kim Ah-sung tried to stretch a double into a triple. But the game was tied. The man wants to win. He's, you know, he's trying to be competitive. And he's he's hot right now. I don't know. We, yeah. Go after somebody else. Yeah. And it's just not when you have still Kim Ah-sung, who is leading the league right now in defensive war. So it's just like. Still. Sh- Still, and it's just like that's a lead he has sustained since the beginning of the season. 
this man, you know, the Padres outfield and infield is kind of a hot mess right now. They keep rearranging everybody because they got essentially Xander Bogarts. They kind of had to shuffle everyone. And right now, Kim Ah-sung is the is the most reliable person in that infield. He is consistently more reliable even than Manny Machado, who is arguably one of the best third basemen in yeah. MLB history and will be an all-star. I mean, be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, okay, Padres fans, it's just, I know it was nice because Kim Ah-sung was just basically 100% zero mistakes. He just made one. It feels like, it feels like a sting. It feels like a big slap in the face, but... It'll be okay. He's it, still there. And it wasn't an egregious error either. Like he it was like he was one step behind the throw. Like it wasn't it you know I don't know. What do you guys want? You want to try to win the ball game? You don't want to try to win the ball game. I get it. It's frustrating, but Yeah. There's some cardinal rules about t- uh going to third, you know. Not supposed to do it if there's two outs. Um yeah, it depends on the game situations. If you go, if you're trying to go to third, you you kind of have to to make it. That's just an old baseball rule. Um, but yeah, like I said, it depends on the the context, and usually you don't fault a guy for hustling, and if it's and it's a close game, so yeah, lots going on there. Yeah, but luckily his toe is not hurt after he got frustrated and cook, kicked the cooler. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know some. At least he kicked a cooler and not somebody else. So, or yeah. like yeah. Rendon, like try to choke a fan. Yes, yes, uh, that is good. That and it seems that he's learned his lesson, and I don't think that he's going to do this again. Um, yeah. But we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. Um, speaking of injuries, um, this is not an Asians in baseball injury, but just wanted to quickly mention um, Yankees fans or just Asians in baseball fans, keep your eyeballs peeled for Kyle Higashioka uh, because unfortunately Jose Trevino is out for the rest of the year. Um, and so uh, Kyle, uh, Jose Trevino is the Yankees primary catcher. Um, so with him being out for the rest of the year, uh, we should be seeing a lot more of Kyle. They also brought up a catcher from AAA. Um, so... Uh, you know, I, he'll share that responsibility, but we should be seeing a lot more of him. And we also wanted to make mention uh, of congratulations to Connor Joe, who uh, I, as of July 20th was two years cancer free. So that's very exciting. And he, I think this year became a dad. So um, big, big, exciting things for Connor. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's move on then. Um, let's see. Okay, we're going to move on to pitchers now. We got a lot going on over at the Blue Jays. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I think the Blue Jays feel that way too. Yeah, the, so, uh, the Blue Jays, they got, they've got a lot, they have so much going on. Um, uh, Yusei Kikuchi, uh, is, is still currently starting, um, for, for the Blue Jays. Um, he has been having some control issues as of late. Um, all three of his starts, uh, since the last time we recorded, um, were all no decisions, so it's good he didn't take the loss. Um, the Blue Jays still won two of those games. Um, and the game that they lost, they lost in a walk off. So you know that's not a not a shameful loss in my opinion. Um, but 
it's it him him having these control issues at this time is a little bit tricky because uh, in exciting news, Ryu Hyun Jin is po- uh, poised to come back very very soon. He has not yet been activated, um, but he apparently is joining the Blue Jays in Los Angeles today. We're recording this on Monday the 24th um, for the series against the Dodgers. He was doing well in AAA. They wanted to see him um, throw a bullpen in person to kind of assess what happens next. Um, He doesn't have a set return date yet, but he would be on regular rest to start on Wednesday should that um, come up. But it becomes tricky because... The Blue Jays, obviously, you know, with Alec Manoa going down to to single A and and Kevin Gaussman was out for a bit with an injury. Right now, they have, like, all of these guys healthy. And so when everybody's healthy, do they move to a six-man rotation? Or, you know, how, how do we fit everybody back in here? And so then we're back with the same issue that we kind of had before, which was, like, Yusei Kikuchi and Mitch White were both vying for one of the... Uh, one of the positions is starting rotation. What do we think? But there, but you know, the Blue Jays continue to have a lot of pitching issues, and Alec Manoa has returned back to start for the Blue Jays. But he, oh boy, it's rough. I watched a little bit of Friday's game. He did not. He is. He got. He tried. He had so one good there start. might still be. So it's yeah. like which Alex Alec Manoa is going to show up. Yeah, but you know, right now I think it's going to be, I think it's a lot different because of how Alec Manoa is playing, and I think, you know, depending upon how well Ruhan Jin does, they they might actually might want to. They were talking about how they might even employ a six or seven starter rotation just because their bullpen has is kind of really tired and has been playing a lot so they might they might do that which is interesting i saw the six i saw the six-man rotation thing also in conjunction with the fact that they're about to go into a 17 game uh like 17 consecutive games with no rest so doing the six-man rotation would give give everybody kind of a little bit more breathing room yeah, I, when I was watching the Blue Jays play this past weekend, um, it, it was interesting to hear from the Canadian uh, announcers who were who were kind of talking about, oh, how interesting would it be? We're doing this, like maybe start this six man rotation, and then uh, you know if the Angels will trade Shohei Otani, we would have a seven man rotation. <laughs> That's Look insane. That. Shohei Otani is not pitching in a seven man rotation. You greedies. <laughs> Good lord! Oh man, I mean, I just, I just think it's funny. I find that, I find it funny. That, that is funny. I don't know. It's like, it's like saying what you're gonna do when you win the lottery. You, you know, you're not gonna. Yeah, but right? it's nice to think about. Let the Canadians have something. Yeah. They're not a they big have baseball. Free health, they have universal health care. What more? Do they need? Yeah, and almost zero gun, right. gun deaths. So. Uh, they don't need okay, Shohei Otani, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, our friend Keegan Matheson seems to think that um, if if everybody is healthy and performing, that uh, Kikuchi uh, should be, he said, should be the more natural fit in a bullpen or swingman role. And I just can't pocket. disagree with that statement anymore. <laughs> or a pocket. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, he really. I don't. I don't know. I don't agree with that. But uh, I, I guess I'm not. I'm not. No, Kikut. Well, Keegan Matheson obviously has some beef against Kikuchi by his continued uh, terrible writing and quite racist uh, depictions of him that he likes to write about Kikuchi. So I, you know, I think Keegan Matheson should just shut up because Kikuchi did the one thing that many starters who get demoted into a bullpen role and then he he proved himself. He proved himself that he can handle a starting position again. And to be, and I'm going to, maybe this is a bold statement, but I don't think it is. Kikuchi and his stability and his consistent starts, especially for the first half of the season, brought a lot of stability to the Blue Jays roster because there are so many injuries with their starting roster right now. And if and Kikuchi did that knowing with the, that's so much pressure, right? To have knowing that you're all these big stars are these big time pitchers. They're all dealing with injuries. They're all recovering. And he, he came back with the confidence and said, Hey guys, I got this, especially at the same time when you saw Alec Manoa just like floundering. And that was supposed to be the ace in real time. You say Kukuchu, he, he put he put the starting rotation on his back. He carried the team for for the first half of the season. So yeah, no, yes. he's and, not. And, and to be fair, to be fair to Keegan Matheson, I do think that earlier in the article he he did compliment his ability to. Not that why I don't know why I'm trying to defend Keegan Matheson, but <laughs> but there, there was also mentioned that that he has uh, that he did rise to the occasion, right? Because the Blue Jays were really fucked, and 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 their success is in large part to to Kikuchi's ability to to rise to the occasion yeah um so that will be it'll be interesting to see what happens next um I was seeing a lot of Blue Jays fans also wanting Mitch White to be DFA'd he's not been doing super well in his um relief role um and they they uh when Ryu becomes activated they're gonna have to get somebody out of there to make space for him on the roster and a lot of people are like we need to cut Mitch White loose we need to we need to um take that you know, they took a gamble on that trade and it didn't pay off. Um, we love you, Mitch White. So we obviously, you know, want to see you thrive. But maybe that's with a different team. I don't know. Yeah, I I really think Mitch White needs to go to maybe a lower market team and maybe get out of either the AL East or that. And it's a good thing he got out of the NL West. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to go somewhere like the AL Central um, where a team is going to be like, okay, we can work on your fundamentals. We can finally give you the quality starts that you actually need. Unlike what Dave Roberts did with him last year and pull him out every like Uh early in the fourth inning, instead of just letting him figure stuff out. Like that's, you know, I really like when, when people say that when managers keep their pitchers in because then you can really tell if the pitcher can rise to the occasion and if they themselves can figure out how to get get themselves out of jam and also just like Mitch White did get himself out of a lot of jams last year while he was pitching for the for the Dodgers I remember there was a game where he walked three people and then he got he struck out the next two batters and then uh the the third batter hit contact and then it was a it was a got an easy out and I was just like yeah you know if you don't give Mitch White these 
starts, how is he going to get better as a pitcher? So I think, you, you know, he could go to Minnesota, Kansas. No, not Kansas don't, City. Don't, don't do send that him to Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, you got, he's yeah. got to be somewhere where they're where they're where they they are. Yeah, <laughs> got to be somewhere else. Um, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with Mitch. We're rooting for you, though, Mitch. We 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 think you're you're great, and the potential is definitely there. You just need to have the right the right people to to support you to get there. So we'll see we'll see what happens with that. Um. And yeah, uh, let's see. We've got a lot of there's so many other guys. We're we're running tight on time. So um, let's skip ahead to Kodai Senga. Kodai Senga, uh, excuse me, All Star Kodai Senga. Um, Kodai Senga was uh, selected as an All Star um, to uh, uh, fill in for somebody who had been injured. Um, and he entered the All-Star game leading all Major League Baseball rookie pitchers in wins with seven wins and strikeouts with 113 strikeouts. Thank you to MajorLeagueBaseball.com for that statistic. Um, he is the eighth native of Japan to make an All-Star team. Um, and uh, he, yeah, he, he didn't end up pitching um and he said it, he he said he was like 50-50 going into it but because he didn't have that much notice that he was going to be coming into the All-Star game or that he had been selected as an All-Star um uh he he was like you know what I'm not going to pitch and I'm just going to focus on on staying healthy um and you know kind of similar to what Naomi you were saying about uh Mitch White needing to like kind of succeed with with a team that has less pressure on it um, I, I think I, I think it was about Kodai Senga that I read something similar that was like, you know, the Mets are not not doing what they were supposed to be doing, but that will give Senga a lot of opportunity to just continue to hone what it is that he he does well. Yeah, well, How he has been Mets? doing great compared to all. Yeah, I mean, Kodai Senga again, another bold statement. I'm gonna say has kind of been carrying the starting pitchers for the Mets because Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are certainly not doing that. In fact, when we talk about trade rumors, there's a lot of talk about letting these guys go Mm. and no one's going to take them up because, you know, Steve Cohen's gave them ridiculous contracts for starting pitchers who are in their mid to late thirties. But, but he, you know, I think, Kodai Senga going into the Mets, which is, you know, a New York team, lots of high pressure, lots of press, a lot of people, a lot of New Yorkers with feelings, really rose to the occasion and did a great job pitching um, pitching for the team. And what I thought was also really funny about the All-Star game is that they're like, hey, so you're going to see Shohei Otani, right? Like, are you going to try to get him to join the Mets? He's like, he took, he's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to put this hat on him right now. And he took his baseball cap and tried, <laughs> like, was like, I'm going to put this hat on Shohei Otani, um, which I think is, is cute. Um, that would be nice for, I guess, to Japanese pitchers but not great because the Mets suck. Yeah. So Kodai Senga's last seven starts, he's got a two six one ERA and a one point zero two whip and fifty two strikeouts. And yet he's only two and two in those seven starts. So Mets not not getting it done. Uh, he's doing his part. So 
Yes, what it means to have that low of an ERA and to be two and two, which means two wins, two losses, is that your team is not the bats are not backing you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He kind of he's going through what Shohei goes through as a pitcher. <laughs> he is, and my God, the strain on these guys, Jesus, it's heavy. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Um, he. Yeah, his last three starts since since we um, last recorded were super dominant. Um, one win and two no decisions. His last game that he started on the twenty first, um, they it was a rain delay, and then they ended up canceling the, or like postponing the game. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean on on July fifth against Arizona, a very strong team. They got the win. He got the win. And he had eight innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, one walk, and 12 strikeouts on 107 wow. pitches. 107 pitches in eight, eight innings. innings is like, that's, that is, what's the word I'm looking for? That's very uh, economical. Yeah. You, you have been very, yeah. yeah, you've been very economical in your pitching. Yep. Yeah, so he's, he's hot, baby. His, then against the Dodgers, he had, Nine strikeouts, six innings pitched. So, you know, uh, more power to him. Sorry that the Mets did not do what they were supposed to do, but it seems like he's thriving nonetheless. So we love that for him. I don't think anyone here predicted the Mets were going to go all the way at the beginning of the season. We just didn't think they would. We didn't think they would crash. We didn't think they were going to suck. But they were, yeah. A lot of a lot of analysts pick pick them to win win the East. Um, so, oops. And they, oops, oops. It's baseball. Not gonna yeah. happen. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. But. Speaking of guys that are that are thriving, um, you Darvish is back from his illness that we had mentioned previously. He's back from the IL, and since then, uh, his ERA is two twenty five. Hey. He's been doing real good. Um, the Padres won two of the three games that he started, and he got the win in both of those games. In the game that they lost, he got the no decision. I mean, gosh, what more could you ask for? The man's consistent. Yeah. We love to see it. Um, and uh, just wanted to make a quick mention as well before we move on. Um, one of one of the guys that we more recently uh, uh, has more recently become part of the podcast, Brian Wu. Um, Brian is a starting pitcher for the Mariners, and um, his grandparents uh, came to his game against San Francisco on July 3rd, and there were some really nice articles about this. Um, he's from the Bay Area. He went to Cal Poly. His grandparents live in the Bay Area, they, and his grandpa had never seen him pitch professionally. Um, so his grandpa, who's 93, was like, I'm getting a suite got a suite he had over a hundred friends and family from high school college like I- i'm sure some people traveled in came to support him the game was over uh like 45 minutes after the game was over they were still in the stadium like you know cheering for brian celebrating him Aww. um at that game he had six innings pitched three hits two earned runs two walks seven strikeouts no decision for brian but seattle did win the game um yeah i love the poster um that was from the article from the ap of his grandma holding that says let's go brian get some and then some some som som i'm like oh is that 
Is that his little nickname from his grandparents, Sum Sum? Which I'm just like, that's that's adorable. So cute. Just really sweet. Yeah. Love to see the support. Um, yeah. Just wanted to mention that because it was really nice. But um, yeah, let's uh, let's take a little break, and then when we come back, we can get into Otani and the trade deadline. Oh, is that happening? Really? Oh my god, I wouldn't know. Since it's not on the front page of, like, every newspaper right now. Hey, Sharon. <laughs> hey, Remen. How are folks still racist? I know, right? We're, like, two decades into the 21st century. Yeah, and second question, where's my jetpack? Well, I can't help you there, but have I got a podcast for you. Modern Minorities is a show where each week, my longtime pal Remen and I uncover common and uncommon truths that we all need to hear for our majority brains and ears. Yeah, Sharon and I have spoken to doctors, lawyers, directors, climate activists, angry Asians, athletes, chefs, writers. Folks who are black, brown, gay, straight, and everything in between. Past guests have included comedian Margaret Cho, Southern Poverty Law Center journalist Geraldine Mariba, comics creator Jean Lunyang, and many, many more. We've even talked about Ramadan, Black History Month, Kamala Khan, and Robin being queer. It's like we're trying to solve racism with the podcast. Challenge accepted. So check out Modern Minorities at modmypod.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Remember, we're all modern minorities, but we're no one's model minority. All right, we are back. And if you were not buckled in before, buckle yourself up. Six ways from Saturday. Let's talk about Otani and the trade deadline. All right. So Otani, we all know, was an all-star. Uh, one strikeout, one walk or something like that. Wore a very interesting suit that we talked about in our text thread that we oh feel like Hugo Boss, who is one of his uh, sponsors, could have done a better job. I'm really just did saying, this man dirty. Yeah, that's not... We don't appreciate that. It's very when, formal. It looked. He looked. He looked like like a, a company man in a K drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just on his way to work at Honda Corp. Um, yeah. <laughs> not. Not really. Not coming from the world's number one baseball player. Uh, ever since the All Star break, he has had two very rough starts, and so far these are the his worst starts of the year um right away against the Astros he had to be taken out of the uh, after five innings because of his blister finger issues so that's that's not great um that's always really scary to uh see that that's still a continuing problem for Shohei Otani and then versus the Pirates that just happened this past uh Friday ooh this was probably his worst start yet five earned runs but somehow the angels had enough run support that he did not have to do himself to get for him to still get the wind which is like all right even a broken clock is right twice a day yeah yeah Yeah. um right now uh phil nevin talked about that they're they're giving him more of an extended break um between his starts because of you know his finger issues so hopefully that his next start is supposed to be this friday um it will be better against the against the tigers we we shall see or maybe not even against the tigers quite yet um maybe they're even thinking about waiting until he goes to oh yeah actually it's they're gonna wait till saturday when they are in uh toronto 
Um, okay, well, even though he's bad at not doing great in pitching right now, he's still <laughs> leading the MLB with 36 homers, and now there is talk that he is on pace to get 60 home runs this season, and everyone's talking about, is he going to break Judge's AL home run record? Uh, I don't think he will, because the Angels, there's nobody on the lineup that will support Otani, who can to have these pitches thrown at him and evident by uh, this past weekend against and week against the uh, Yankees and the Pirates, they are walking him. Like teams are scared. And he is getting walked a lot. Yeah, he's getting um, the Barry Bonds treatment now. God, so annoying. <laughs> so I don't think, and you know, last year, you know, we talked a lot about Judge, um, his home run. Uh, record because of the AL MVP race. And I think we did mention that the reason why Judge, you know, a lot of his success to not a lot of his success, but some of his success to being able to break the AL home run record was because he last year, Yankees were murderers row. He was batting in a lineup that was scary. And Mm -hmm. Otani is just like, hey, guys, can someone just get a hit? Just yeah. one yeah, hit, that, please. There was this picture that you had sent us um, that that he, like, after he hit a home run, like, he was just, like, his stone face because he's, like, it doesn't matter how much he does. He's yeah. not happy on the Angels. Yeah. I, I will have, have to... I will have to say yesterday when Andrew Velasquez, who is a shortstop for the Angels and didn't get to play in the majors for much of the season because of Zach Neto. Why do I know all the players on the angels? This is weird, but this is what happens when Otani plays for your team. Cause you're actually. an angels fan. No. I quit this podcast. No. That's, <laughs> no, that's fighting words, Kim. That's, that's, I quit this Listen, podcast I just right call now. Him as I see him. Listen, but he was happy when Andrew Velasquez hit his first home run of his of uh, for his sure. season well, he's this a nice year. guy yeah. yeah he's a nice guy like you know he just is frustrated with the particular organization that 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 he's yeah. in yeah. It doesn't mean he but doesn't like the individuals that's true but that was the first smile i saw on his face in a while so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's did he even smile did he even smile after he did that epic back bat flip he no he was kind no. of like all pretty intense looking kind of like ooh, that was blue steel there yeah, I think I heard him like there was like a John Boy like l- did a lip reading of him saying like let's fucking go after that home run, which it did help. Like they did, the Angels did sweep the Yankees, which is saying a lot for the Yankees. Yeah, but it was also like Angels sweeping the Yankees was like oh everybody's like the collective like everybody was like groaning collectively because we all know that that means that the Angels sweeping the Yankees means that now Artie Marino has even more like like in his mind that the Angels yeah. are See, contenders. we're good. We're awesome. Yeah, and without we, we knowing. We swept the Yankees, which is yeah. like, oh, come on. Just let this man go. Get something for it. Yeah. It's, you know, when when they lost so badly against the first couple of games against the Astros, we were like, oh, yeah. Ha, ha, ha. It's over. But now it's just like, oh, man. And then technically they won their series against the Pirates. And and now they're going to be playing the Tigers this week. They're over 500. 
Yeah. They're over oh. 500. Yeah. And playing the Tigers going into the deadline is like, they're, I mean, they are not, I'm but, sure that they're getting a lot of offers, but. Yeah. But they could be humbled this weekend once they hit Toronto because, you know, that's, that's a heavy hitter team. Even though their pitching isn't great, they still have one of, one of the hottest lineups in yeah, an MLB. So. I think at that point it's too late. It's too late to the, the deadline yeah. for them to like, you know, I, I, I think that like, he, yeah, I, I'm sure that they'll be getting offers up until the very last second, but yeah, I think that's, that's too late for them to be humbled, unfortunately. Yeah. I think it's too little too late right now for the angels with trout gone. He's got no protection. And to Otani's credit, he's still hitting home runs at the same pace. I don't know how or what pitchers are screwing up and giving him fastballs in the in the strike zone. Or, but you, you would think, you know, you mentioned Judge. He was in this murderer's row lineup, and he was hitting first, you know, with everyone behind him. Um, Otani's got what Ward behind him. You know, that's he's a fine ball player, but you know, he's not Mike Trout. And so without Mike Trout, yeah, you're starting to see the walks because wh- why would you let Otani beat you when you could face, you know, Ward or whoever else, Renhifo. And, and and no disrespect to those guys, but they're not Mike Trout and they're not going to provide a lot of protection for mm-hmm. Otani. They're, inti- they're less intimidating. Yeah. Um, but weirdly, he's still hitting at the same clip. Uh, the, the, the blister or the, the fingernail really isn't affecting his hitting. So... Uh, it's going to be, so what day is today? Today we're, we're recording on the 24th. So we've, we've got like a week to go before the, the trade deadline. Uh, the deadline's next, we're next Tuesday. Yeah. So the phones are yeah. burning up in the angel's office. Yeah. We all know they're not going to get rid of Otani. It's just, they are the angels, but mostly Artie Moreno is Icarus who is just, been burned by the sun so many times but can't help himself so we're going to do this fun little segment right now where i have a bunch of uh, non-contending teams in a in a hat and each one of us it, i'm going to draw a name for every single one of our hosts and they're going to make the case of why this team deserves shohei otani because at this point any team is better than the better than the I, angels. I don't know if I'd say any team, but yeah, uh, maybe not any team, but many teams. All right, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Many teams. All right, who wants to go first? Let's have Scott go first. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm going to mix. I'm going to mix it up. She's twirling her hat. And, oh, something fell out. Okay, hold on. Let me put it that back. That was the Astros. Okay, and let me pick. I'm so nervous. The tension. The pirates go. Ooh. Okay, all right. We are fam. Okay, let's. I'm gonna put on some music. All right, pirates. We are family. You know, it's a come to the pirates, Shohei. We have a legacy of greatness that ended in 1979. And you could help bring it back. The spirit of Dave Parker and Willie Stargell and Tim Foley and John Candelaria. Notice I'm not saying anyone in the last 40 years. Okay, Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> yeah, we love you, Kaj. It's time for a new start 
for this storied franchise. Think Bill Mazeroski hitting the game-winning home run. The only walk-off in World Series history. And in Game 7, Bill Mazeroski against the fucking Yankees. And we know you hate the Yankees, Shohei. So, yeah. so come to Pittsburgh. <laughs> we have a river. And it, and, it's, and it doesn't catch on fire like in other parts of this country. And we have... It's a beautiful ballpark. We have. No, I'm not helping. There used to be. Yeah, you are. That's a beautiful ball. It is. That's actually true. It's, it looks like a very lovely uh, ballpark. Um, the food is is excellent. <laughs> that's yeah, actually got, what, what one of that's one of one of the there was an L.A. Times article uh, with like a bunch of players like arguing why why Otani should come to their team and the represent whoever the player was from Pittsburgh was like. Uh, he's not going to come here, but, uh, the food's good. <laughs> <laughs> the food's, he said the food's good. That's that, that's what Pittsburgh, that's what his Pittsburgh plug was. Yeah. That's what he said. Uh, and whoever, ooh. whoever was the person from like the Rangers was like, we don't have an income tax here. Okay. Well, God. there's a, when you're talking about that many zeros in the contract that could add up, but yeah. So that's my plug for Pittsburgh. It's, it's, it's a new day, new dawn, new day. 40 years in the making. Let's go. Okay. Wow, wow that's that's that was beautiful. Thank you, Scott. Wait, uh, Kim, let me, I convinced let me find myself. Really, really quick. Oh, yeah. David Bednar from the Pirates. They asked him why Shohei should come to his team. David Bednar, Pittsburgh Pirates, parentheses, laughing from the absurdity of it all. We put French fries on everything. I think that's the only selling point. Right. <laughs> okay, respect. Uh, and why? And why do I think Shohei probably is like French fries, not the food of a champion? Um, yeah, I don't yeah. think this man's eating a lot of fried food. No. All right, Kim, it's your turn. Okay, hit me. I don't have the I don't have the wealth of historical knowledge that Scott has. Well, so you needed I'm it for the pirates. Best. You don't need that much historical knowledge for other franchises. It was just. Well, we're about to find out. The pirates. Okay. All right. Oh, Naomi's making a face. What did you write? It says the trash oh, trash. I was like, what the hell is that team? <laughs> you did that on purpose. You were holding the paper in your hand the whole time. You're, you're a professional improv person. So this oh, my God. And I'm a former pageant queen, so I'm really going to put this. I'm going to really put my fucking skills to the test here. I wouldn't say fuck Let's at a pageant. This. Oh, God. I'm, I'm absolutely horrified. How many Astros did you put in there, Naomi? Like six? No, but I did put the A's four times. <laughs> oh, so you admit it. I do. I do admit that I rigged. Oh, I rigged some God. teams that I thought. But the, I, the team that I rigged it for didn't get picked. Yeah. Well, you haven't gone yet. Uh, okay. Yeah, you're going to get Oh, my God. Why should, the, why should the Astros get Otani? Or why should Otani come to the Astros? Okay. Otani... <laughs> This is going to be taken out of context. I'm going to get fucking canceled. Yeah, we're going to take this and use it against you. 
Otani, um, here's why you should come to the Astros, okay? Uh, you know, we, we obviously, we have to acknowledge that there has been some controversy in the past, but largely now the team is comprised of a, of a completely different makeup. Um, we are a franchise that has gone from, from, you know, not being contenders to, you know, more recently always being contenders. Dusty Baker, what's not to like about Dusty? He is a fabulous manager. He would do a great job at taking care of you and giving you challenges. Um, there's a lot of young talent on that team. Um, there, there's some talent that we would, you know, maybe try to get rid of. Maybe we could trade away some of the talent for you, some of the talent that we don't like, such as the people who were part of the cheating Astros. Uh, but there's a lot of young talent. We got Jeremy Pena. Who doesn't love Jeremy Pena? Um, oh, my does. God. What's what's that? Pi- <laughs> Naomi does love Jeremy Pena. What's that pitcher's name? I can't think of his name. He's really good. Valdez? Uh, Valdez, yes. Framber Valdez is on, on the team, so he could back you up. You wouldn't have to be the only person pitching and hitting. We have pitching. We have hitting. We have the World Series win, a legitimate one. Um, short porch and left. Short porch and left field. You get to play indoors, like in Japan. That's nice. Get to play indoors. That's nice. And I've heard that in Texas, there's there's no income tax. Wow. That one's okay. <sighs> All right. I'm good job, Kim. That was God. your greatest performance yet. Someone Thank give this so woman much. an Academy Award. My- Oh yeah. my god! I'm physically ill. I'm physically I, fucking ill. I hurt for you for that. That, but that was good. Yeah. Oh my god! They would need to, in order for for me to be like truly feel okay about the trade, they would need to trade Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve f- to the Angels, and Kyle Tucker, and Kyle Tucker. Yes, good call. See, that would actually work out well for the Angels, and then we would never have to watch them again. Yeah, and then that, actually, that would be good. That would be very efficient. Yeah. And then the Astros can win a World Series without any of the cheaters of 2017 with Dusty Baker, and we can all be a little bit happier, I guess. We love Dusty. Yeah. Yeah. God, that was painful. Naomi, Ooh. you go now. Right. <laughs> now reach in there and pull out the A's. <laughs> okay, I swear I did not do this on purpose. Yeah, we're watching. I swear. You. All right. What? What does it say? I got the <laughs> twins. Wow. How many times did you put the twins in? Once. I thought it would just be funny to put the A's that many times because they have no chance of going to the oh World my Series. God. <laughs> okay. Wow, Shohei. Um, this is truly meant to be. See, this is very serendipitous. Why should you come to the Minnesota Twins? Because you can be the man to break our curse. What better, what challenge? You have done so much for baseball. You are a true two-way player. You lead the AL in home runs. I think he knows this. Yeah, but what, what, what challenge do you want to rise to the occasion now? Breaking the Twins' 19-game losing streak in the postseason. I think you can do it, Shohei. I think you can lead us to victory. Uh, you could. We can build a statue of you right next to Kirby Puckett. Your locker um, will be next to Maeda. Yes, your locker will be next your to Kenta Maeda. Man, as they say. Yes, 
your BFF. Actually, we don't, I have no idea if you guys even talk or hang out or whatever. Um, Minnesota has lots of lakes and I'm sure you, you love lakes. Uh, who doesn't love a lake? Who doesn't love a lake? Who doesn't love a city with a lot of bike paths? Because I'm pretty sure you would love to ride your bike to Target Field. I cannot um, imagine this man taking the risk of riding a bike with his $600 million body. <laughs> yes. Um, there is one... <laughs> there is safe. one really good Japanese restaurant in the Twin Cities. There is actually one really good Japanese restaurant that um, a sushi chef from Japan owns and operates and people say it's really good. I'm too poor to eat there, but hey, I you know what? Like, I'll try it. You have I'll, $600 I'll... million, dollars, who cares? Yeah, it's not, not a him. big deal. They're, they have a lovely Japanese whiskey bar upstairs that's, I'm sure, because you, you we love drinking you love drinking whiskey, I'm sure, uh, with your $600 million body and regimen. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, Minas- let me jump in here for you. Let me advocate mm-hmm. for Naomi. Shohei, um, um, Minnesota, really good for raising kids, really good public schools, and you will have built-in child care. Not that you need it, but you would have built-in child care so long as you marry Naomi because her parents live there. <laughs> yeah, um... Not that you need built-in childcare, but you know. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think that's something he's really thinking about with six hundred million dollars. I think he could. I don't uh, know. You never know. Maybe he's going to lock in that six hundred mil, and he's going to be like, "Okay, now on to the next. Let me, you know, pump out some more uh, baseball players." Yeah. Um, yeah. So come on, Shohei, do the thing. Do the thing. Break our nineteen. 19- game losing streak in the postseason i think this is more important than you hitting for the cycle while starting uh, while being a starting pitcher you could do that in minnesota that's true who's saying you can't do both you could win the al batting uh i don't know you can win everything he's not going to win the al batting championship but you never know and plus uh i heard you can kick carlos correa in the ankle if you join the twins. Okay, that seems good. Ooh, that, and the get 600- that in writing. <laughs> and the $600 million will go further in Minnesota than it will in other states because it's more affordable to live there. That's true. And what better way to uh, heal your body through our crazy cold winters and, and He's our not going to be there hot- in the winter. Yeah. I don't okay, think any twins fair. live there in the winter. Joe Mauer. Joe Mauer. Yeah, it's home. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, wow, good job, everyone. That was a great segment. Um, I'm that was pretty horrible. sure that, that was easily pre- the that worst was thing I've ever done. Prepping for in my the life. A's too. It's like, damn. All right. Would have loved the A's. Had to advocate you know, for my fucking mortal enemies. All oh, right. Man. Well, ha- <clears throat> have we heard any? Have we heard any interesting? I mean, I've we have heard a lot of interesting trade rumors about Otani. Have we heard any legitimate trade rumors about Otani? No, no, because it seems like I've, he's not going to get traded. <laughs> well, well, the thing is, is that like this isn't you know this isn't like the NFL or the NBA or any other type of professional sport where players the whole trade rumor and who gets you know signed where free agency like 
Shohei Otani is very silent. He's just, he's very good at avoiding, he never answers the questions I've noticed when he does uh-huh. post game interviews yeah. or he's got stuff he wants to say game. and they'll ask him so show hey in the third inning when this happened you know what were you thinking he's like yeah i just try to go out and play and pitch my best and it's just like oh okay he didn't answer the question i mean lots of credit to shohei otani and his team because his agent is silent there's no like there's no rumors coming out of the otani camp there's just rumors coming out of everybody else's camp but you know that's why i think there's no legitimate trade rumor when it comes to otani because he's so silent and his camp is just they they're very tight-lipped about it and which is cool that he like really knows he's very media savvy for a guy who doesn't necessarily um you know and it's not like Talk last year with when Judge in the off season was seen flying to San Francisco and the, you know and it's yeah. like we're in the middle of the season so um, very undercover he just has to play his game and he did say losing sucks at the All Star break so that did not bode well for the Angels because <laughs> uh-huh. they do some losing in Anaheim sorry Los Angeles of Anaheim. Two different yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there are any legitimate trade rumors. Um, I just think Artie Moreno is not going to let him go because at the end of the day, he I think he just wants to make money off of him, and it's more important to Artie Moreno to make money off of Shohei Otani than to actually think about the future of but, the franchise. But how much money has. can he possibly be making? They're not selling out Angel Stadium despite having nope. a once in a lifetime gener- or once in a generation player down there. Like how much I think money it, is he making? I think it comes to sponsorship. I see. Merchandise sales and TV rights. TV rights but the merchandise, in Japan. Yeah. Merchandise sales it, is split among yeah. all of the teams. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's not yeah, but I I but I really think it comes down to like how I don't know exactly how much money the Angels are making, but there's got to be something that Artie Moreno is making internationally wise. And I think maybe merchandising is different abroad versus in the United States. Mm. And if it is, it, if it's not split in international sales, then that means all of Otani stuff in Japan is going straight into Artie Moreno's pocket then. And I think the streaming rights. I think that's huge. The actual TV rights, the radio rights, whatever whatever they're doing to broadcast the games in Japan. And also, remember, Shohei Otani has a huge following not only in Japan, but mostly in all of East Asia. So, yeah. you know, South Korean television is airing his games. Taiwan is airing his games. So, I mean, that's still like a lot of money and because he's not just a pitcher and he's an everyday dh2 it's not just like kodai Senga or kenta maeda where they're only licensing you know once every six five or six games right they're doing every single day because otani is playing every single day mm-hmm. that's the only logical reason why otherwise like it doesn't make sense unless Artie moreno is you know not there mentally well right that's that's the question right because I gotta believe mm-hmm. for any GM or sorry owner, <clears throat> there's there's a there's a deal that you just can't refuse. You know, it, someone someone comes in says you give us Otani for these last two months and we'll give you, you know, the group of players that's going to take you to the next level. 
and prospects. So, but I don't know. It, no, I think no one knows. I, you know, someone, I, I said, there's a lot of clickbait on YouTube. You know, it's like, he's going to the Giants was one of them. It's like, eh, I don't know, maybe, but <clears throat> I don't know why you would think the Giants are the surefire place he's going to end up because... Yeah. I think it's just fans, right? You no, have, these are like pundits. Fans? These are like the people with, who own the channels. So, Oh, really? Well, yeah. I mean, Rich Eisen is just saying... Yankees. Of course, he wants Yankees because he's a huge Yankees fan. But more importantly, he's just saying Shohei Otani needs to leave the Angels and actually go to another team. Um, I mean, the Athletic I read this morning has this list of all the teams who who should be selling or buying and and what would those trade proposals look like for to get Shohei and I mean it's a fun exercise but nothing's a sure thing with this man until it actually is a sure thing because yeah. he's not we have no idea and he he's having a good time just like <laughs> I don't know if he's having a good time but he's totally not, like not in the angel everybody yeah no, but I wonder if he's able to like, you know, be doing so well hitting wise because he's like relaxed because he's like, well, we're not contenders. The Angels are not contenders. Um, so I'm just out here taking BP yeah. <laughs> off of major league pitchers, you know, Um it'll certainly it'll certainly be interesting to see. I mean, we probably won't record again before the trade deadline. So uh I would love to see I would love to see him get traded because I think he deserves to to play with a contending team. Um, oh, okay. So we did our fake like segment, but what is a con- like if he could be traded? What would be your top pick contending team for him to be traded to? Who's an actual contender? And I not mean, like all obviously I'd want him to I wa- I would want him to come to the Dodgers obviously but for a non for a non Dodgers team I mean I think that like um you know I think you said so you had read something that was like you know the Orioles could be like an interesting landing spot for him for a rental like there's a lot of places that that could be interesting for him for a rental the Rangers could be an interesting rental place for him he's they they've their pitching is a little bit got holes in it um you know the a's are just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but obviously only yeah i want to see back i want to see him i want to see him come to the dodgers um and I, I i would like to see him if not the dodgers then obviously i'd like to see him go somewhere where he can uh where that has the potential to keep him for the long term and I think that that's without knowing him personally at all. I, I know it sounds like he and I are very close because um, we speak every day. Um, but without knowing him at all, I do think that it would be important to him in in being traded before the deadline to go somewhere that has the potential to keep him in the long term. Yeah, this question just stumps me because there's so many variables. Like you mentioned, the rental period, and then you've got the long term. The- the the big the big money deal so there's so many ways this could play out including just he stays in Anaheim and then he does the judge tour around Major League Baseball during the off season which I don't know if, just knowing Artie Marino it feels like it's heading in that direction but I don't know I, I every morning you know from from this point out 
you just look at your phone and see, you know, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if you know, Otani to the Orioles for a boatload of prospects. Um, I did read yeah. something interesting that was like uh, in, in this article that Naomi shared that was like in order for the Orioles to offload that many prospects, they would need to fundamentally change the way that they like feel about the organization because they, they are very they take a lot of pride in their prospects over there. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it really sucks for the Angels, and they're the true losers of the whole thing because, you know, the one benefit if you're a Dodgers fan, and the Dodgers notoriously have one of the best farm systems in the MLB, is that they're not going to have to give up the farm in order to try to get them in the in the winter. Because No way! Just because gonna... that's... Yeah, that's the only thing, like... Even if it's a short-term rental or, you know, like if you want to have a long-term um, kind of thing, like when uh, Mookie Betts came in the 2020 season and then they signed the extension deal with him, is that, like, you know, you would have to give up a lot. And the Angels would demand, I think, even more from the Dodgers compared to other teams just because they have the farm system. And I think because... Maybe a little spite. So, um, but ultimately, every team is gonna is gonna be is gonna do great in the off season when they make their bid for him, because they didn't have to give up the farm to get him, right now in the trade deadline, which which is great for everybody else except for the Angels because they they're gonna have no one. They're gonna have what a seventy third draft pick. That's what they're gonna have. The Dodgers have one thing that no one else has to offer. What's that? They could say, Artie, you can name your team the Los Angeles Dodgers of Anaheim Angels. (laughs) (laughs) That's what Artie wants. He wants to be the Dodgers. Oh, my God. And, you know, more power to you, Artie. I wish you all the best in that pursuit. Yeah, you can't uh, You can't be blue, so we'll draw the line at that. You can't have Dodger blue. But The Los Angeles Dodgers of Anaheim. Oh, God. <laughs> the Anaheim um, Dodgers. But speaking about uh, actual trades that happened, this is a very uh, slow, uh, slow trade season right now, I think. The flurry of trades are going to happen this week. There's just nobody isn't nobody's a sure thing. But one thing that has happened is Shintaro Fujinami has been freed from the shackles of the A's and now is a part of the Orioles. Yeah, he went to the first place team, went from the cellar to the penthouse. He had a very funny quote. He said that he was surprised at being traded and his quote was that I'm a little nervous. There's a lot more people watching the games. Obviously, some situations in Oakland had some fans watching, but there's going to yeah. be more fans. There's a little bit of pressure. Yeah, oh there'll be more God. than three thousand people at the game. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he brought his he brought his regular season ERA down from fourteen twenty six. That's one four point two six down to eight eighty two. All right. So. That's really Progress. good. And in his last 15 games, his ERA is 293. In his last seven games, it's 300. Um, the Orioles, you know, they're obviously making a postseason push. They need pitching. 
Um, and thank you to Jake Rill at Major League Baseball at MLB, um, who said Fuji is the second Japanese born player in Orioles history. That's exciting. Yeah, this is actually really exciting. Does that count Orioles? Is Len not Japanese born, though? No, he was American born. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first was Koji. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Help me. Uihara. A R A. Uihara. Uihara. That was the first, or he was the first in 2009. Right on. This is actually really great for Shin, uh, Fujinami, who I feel like should get the most improved award. You know how Absolutely. like that was a thing yeah. because. Again, like I am so impressed by these Japanese born pitchers because they have done, they have risen to the pressure. And I think, you know, Fujinami starting off as a starter, having one of the worst starts, I think, in recent history. And to get to really change and adapt his mechanics and to excel in the reliever position is really great because. Even though his ERA may like tell a different story, and that's why stats are great, but they're just quantitative; they're not qualitative. Um, the fact that he got traded to who the leaderboard of the AL East right now is really indicative of of how good, how much better he has gotten. And right now, yes, the Orioles are leading the AL East ahead of Tampa. Well, yeah, ahead of Tampa Bay. So. That's saying something. You go, yeah. Fujinami. You be happier in uh, Baltimore. Be free. I heard they have good seafood over there, too. It's there a different Crab. ocean. Crab. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're very excited for you. He had his Orioles debut, um, gave up a solo homer. But other than that, you know, he was cruising. So exciting. Hopefully we get to see him in the postseason, you know, that would be thrilling going from a 14 plus ERA to pitching in the postseason would be fun. Um, There were a couple of moves that happened um, a few weeks ago that we forgot to talk about on our last episode before we took our break that I want to mention. Um, Stuart Fairchild of the Cincinnati Reds was optioned to triple A. The Reds needed more bullpen action and their. Uh, their lineup is is pretty solid right now. So Stewart did get optioned, but, you know, we don't know. You know, maybe we'll see him come back up again. Uh, uh, and also Mark Mathias um, was DFA'd by the Pirates on June 25th. That changes around the rankings of who's holding the most Asians in baseball. So that brings the Pirates down to three Asians, not including Pikachu. So they're no longer uh, atop the, the board there either. Um, but Mark was claimed off of waivers by Seattle. And is currently playing for their AAA team. So, Seattle fans, keep your eyeballs peeled for Mark. Good stuff. Um, and then lastly, I think before we go, a couple other rumors that I read that I just thought were interesting to throw out there into the world um, that we'll see if those come true or not is that the Phillies are interested in Tommy Pham and that the Pirates um, uh, may be shopping G-Man Choi, Che Jiman. So, hmm. We'll see. G-Man's on the move, maybe. I mean, he ju- he like literally just came back. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's a good DH, and there's a, a big need for 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 DHs. So, right on. Yeah, and the one thing, the one thing that didn't sustain from their great start were the Pirates. 
yeah. they crashed and burned pretty fast. So it does well, make sense that they're thinking about shopping Tejimon around because they don't have a chance for the wild card this year. Yeah. There's a lot of teams I feel like that usually start off strong. This happened to Seattle for the last couple of years as well, where they like start off very strong and then they just kind of flame out. They don't quite have the endurance to to keep going. But it, it is very encouraging and exciting to see, you know, that 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 momentum can be there. They just need a little they need a little more time and probably a little bit more um, advanced, advanced pitching and hitting in order to be able to get to the next level. But the Pirates watch out for him. That's where Otani's going. We'll see. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, we'll on start. that note, I think we need to bring this episode to a close. Scott's getting absolutely delusional over here. Um, but anything else before we go? Oh, Scott, yeah. not you. <laughs> no, I do want to shout out Fred McGriff, who was one of my all-time favorite players. Made, made was inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend, and I and I cried a little. Uh, I was was not into baseball anymore when I went to college. I became like an English major and a band geek and. And hadn't really watched baseball for a while. And then when McGriff got traded to the Padres, I was in San Diego in 91, uh, with Tony Gwynn and Gary Sheffield all in the same lineup, it kind of brought me back to baseball. And so it cut my heart out when he got traded to the Braves, but he helped them win a World Series. And so I've always been a Fred McGriff fan. And so, yeah, I just as a baseball fan, uh, I was really happy for him and for, for baseball. That's Old man out. That's nice. That's that's very nice. And a nice note to end on so that we don't have to end on oh, Tony the, to the, the Pirates. Thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Okay. Thank you so much for tuning into another exciting and extremely long episode of Asians in Baseball. Keep your eyeballs peeled on the wire as we see what's going to happen with the trades. And we'll catch you next time with another episode of Asians in Baseball. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to Asians in Baseball. Connect with us on Instagram at Asians in Baseball, on Twitter at AZNs in Baseball, email us at Asiansinbaseball at gmail.com, or drop us an audio message on Anchor. Thanks.